Welcome to Mystery Magic and Science. I'm your host, Michael Disco. I'm a massage therapist, a Reiki master, a meditation instructor, and an EFT practitioner. In the summer of 2012, I decided to get off my barstool and find a different path. My life is now completely unrecognizable from what it was then. I've been studying, reading, and meditating for nearly a decade to learn to regain control of my life and make it what I want it to be. The point of this podcast is to share what I've learned along the way and what I keep learning every day from my practice and my path. You can change your life too. It takes perseverance, dedication, and an open mind. Sometimes I still struggle, but I am on path to heal myself to be the best version of me. I invite you to come with me. Let's take back our lives and do something beautiful. familiar with the villain. I think of Maleficent, Omadon, the Joker, Mr. Smith, the Red Queen or Mother Gothel, Darth Vader. In the real world, I think of villains, I think of Hitler, Putin, Osama bin Laden, the KKK, school shooters, Some would say Trump, others Biden. Some might say Bill Gates or Anthony Fauci. Others might say Neil Gorsh or Brett Kavanaugh. We are all familiar with the villain. They polarize us and allow us to feel like we are on the right side. Villains are great for telling stories that immerse us and have us rooting for the good guy. However, in real life, it gets a little more complicated. Like my last few examples, in the real world, sometimes the villain is perceived on both sides of a debate or conflict. Each side sees the villain across the aisle, and people polarize and choose sides, and then villainize the whole group across the aisle. This behavior illustrates the fallacy of the concept of the villain and of evil. One of the hardest examples to consider the other side is the case of school shooters. It's hard to see a killer of children as anything other than a villain and just pure evil. My heart goes out to anyone that's lost a child or another loved one in one of these shootings. It's awful and unthinkable. There is no arguing that the action or behavior of shooting children is evil. That kind of thing is the most heinous kind of evil. Any violence towards children is the most vile kind of human behavior, and it makes me sick. 
but doesn't mean that the person that is performing those evil acts is evil themselves. What is evil anyway? We can conjure up images of evil villains and evil acts pretty easily. But what exactly is evil? Merriam-Webster defines evil as morally reprehensible, sinful, or wicked, arising from actual or imputed bad character or conduct, causing harm, marked by misfortune or unlucky. As a noun, evil means the fact of suffering, misfortune, and wrongdoing. A cosmic evil force, or something that brings sorrow, distress, or calamity. The first definition is wrought with problems, because it's dependent on a definition of what is moral or immoral. The cosmic evil force thing is equally problematic, because what constitutes cosmic evil is different depending on your culture. For instance, Christianity personifies evil with the devil, but in Hindu, one of their primary and most popular gods, Shiva, shares many of the devil's qualities. Because their belief in reincarnation, they see death as an opportunity for a new life and a new experience instead of an ending. You would think that we could agree that something that brings sorrow, distress, or calamity is evil, but it's cultural perception as well. Again, in Hindu, Shiva and Kali are gods and goddesses of suffering and destruction and death, but also of rebirth, so that the suffering and destruction are not seen so much as evil, but as an opportunity to learn and to grow. There is also the Greek philosophy of optimism. Optimism in our culture has come to mean having a positive outlook, but the original philosophy went deeper than that. It goes something like this. If God is good and God creates the world and or is in fact the world, well, the universe as a whole, then the universe The world and everything that happens is good. This means that even suffering and tragedy is for a greater good. In optimism, one always sees the silver lining. So, how can you define evil? Often, the other is seen as evil. We live in an era in which people are polarizing themselves as liberal or conservative, as Republican or Democrat, and calling the other side evil. It's an unfortunate state of affairs for our nation and our culture. What about assholes? (laughs) Are they evil? I'd say assholes probably aren't evil. However, There is no reason to have to label someone or something evil to avoid them. In the last episode, I talked about loving with open hands, loving unconditionally, like your dog loves you. However, I am not suggesting 
putting up with an asshole or a narcissist. <laughs> narcissist asshole. If someone is mean to you, doesn't try to change, shows no remorse, or just is consistently or even intermittently mean and uninterested in getting any better, then you cannot feel guilty for cutting them out of your life. Loving someone does not mean always putting up with their shit. Because as much as you love them, you love yourself more. And once you are really in love with yourself, you just can't put up with that kind of bullshit anymore. Let's get back to evil. I'm not saying I don't think evil exists. I certainly believe it does. But what I'm not sure about is whether a person can be evil. Deeds can be evil for sure. But a person? Ask an optimist, and they will tell you that deeds can't be evil either. Because they are serving a greater good. It's hard to get your head around, but if you could wrap optimism around your brain, it can help you process the news for sure. So the problem with evil has been debated in philosophical and theological conversations for eons. It's from a similar place as the philosophy of optimism. If you believe that the universe is born from a benevolent source, and that creation reflects that source, whose nature is pure goodness, then how does evil exist at all? This conundrum begs the question, why does evil exist? I feel like optimism gives us the best answer to that question. To achieve some greater good. Or, if you think of it in a slightly different way, Without evil, how could we discern good? Just like without darkness, we would never be able to see light. We couldn't appreciate it for sure because there would be no darkness to contrast. So, without evil, is there even good? My favorite childhood movie, Flight of Dragons, that I talked about in the ninth episode, Carolinas, the Green Wizard, states, For the irony of all existence is that good would be totally impotent without the contrast of evil. Michael Newton has something different to say. He would say that evil exists so that we can learn something on a soul level. 
Michael Newton was a psychologist that practiced a certain type of hypnosis in which you have the patient take you into the memory in which they suffered an emotional trauma that years later manifested into an idiopathic physical pain. Early in his career, he had a patient that described a different lifetime, and Michael was very confused. A few years later, another patient had the same kind of memory of a different lifetime. He became fascinated and learned how to intentionally trigger these kinds of memories. Over more than a decade, he recorded interviews with his patients that amazingly described similar experiences of death, the afterlife, and rebirth. They all described the afterlife being a kind of school setting where you are in a soul group that incarnates together and meets back up in between lives. Michael Newton describes from these interviews how people are dealt with that have performed horrible deeds we consider evil. He says they go into a kind of isolation, not in punishment as much as to heal. Souls that have committed horrible deeds in their life on earth go to the afterlife carrying the guilt and trauma of what they have done. Time in a healing isolation allows the soul to heal and grow in compassion. Then when they are sent back to earth to incarnate again, they must experience the trauma from the perspective of the victim. This makes every traumatic event, every horrible tragedy have meaning, important meaning for each soul of each individual that is in any side of a tragedy. I personally really like the idea of the rehabilitation of souls of people that have performed evil deeds. Michael Newton's first book, Journey of Souls, goes into many different aspects of what he calls life between lives. Each lifetime on earth is an opportunity for us to learn something. The undercurrent of these lessons are to recognize universal humanity, compassion, empathy, and to recognize the divine nature of existence. This view is very comforting to me. It helps me rationalize bad things that happen to people. And has helped me look at the difficulties in my own life as opportunities for growth. I want to shout out to my first transformational pathwork class. Hey guys, I'm so glad you've joined me in this strange, strange world. I'm really loving watching you guys connect already. That's it for episode 11. Please like, subscribe, and share. I'd love your feedback. Turn off your TV, put down your phone, close your laptop, read a book, write in your journal, take a long bath, or listen to your favorite music. Every day, you have another chance to fall in love with yourself. 
Spend some time with you. Make it a priority. After all, you are a beautiful person, full of light and potential, and you deserve your own time and attention. Talk soon. One love.